Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. In the name of our one true loving and living God, amen. Please be seated. Once a year, the church invites us to die. Ash Wednesday asks us to practice our mortality, practice your limits, practice the idea that your life will not just go on like this forever. Once a year, the church invites us to die. And death is tough. Many of us have accompanied a friend or a loved one or friends or loved ones through the dying process. We've experienced sudden deaths and long lingering illnesses secondhand. The church's yearly invitation is meant to help us remember death is part of life. As much as our culture may want us to run from it, try to hide death, death is part of life. One of the great tragedies of our days is how many people die alone. My first years as a priest working in downtown Washington, D.C., I took part in a funeral service that was held each year downtown for all those who died on the streets of the city, whose bodies were unclaimed by family and friends. We gathered to remember and to pray. And those services were a bit of a protest against the avoidance that our world invites around death and suffering. We said, we will remember. And the church invites us to die because grappling with your mortality, grappling with the certainty of death, means getting clearer about life, doesn't it? That old question holds some truth. If you knew you only had one day left to live, one week, one year, how would you spend your time? In that sense, the beginning of Lent is not a morbid obsession, but a fulsome invitation to die. Die to distractions. Die to small anxieties and insecurities. Die to the belief that we are only worthy if we have the so-called perfect body, whatever that is. Die to the idea that a certain job or address will bring us happiness. Die to all of that which draws us away from the love of God. Ash Wednesday is a yearly reminder. As the seasons begin to change, new life is available in every moment. If we can let all that distracts us die and deepen our presence with those who surround us, deepen our awareness of the world in which we live. A word about this practice, the practicing of this kind of dying. And if practice is key at Lent, you heard about practice in both of our readings from both Isaiah and from Jesus. Note all the ways that Jesus in tonight's gospel talks about practice. 
I always love reading this gospel on Ash Wednesday in the Episcopal Church because Jesus tells you not to disfigure your appearance and then we go ahead and mark ashes on our foreheads, right? Jesus tells us not to pray on street corners and we've spent the last several weeks recruiting volunteers to go do ashes to go on the street corner. There's, there's some irony in here. But Jesus is all about intention on this practice of prayer, on this practice of generosity. Jesus asks us to be intentional about our practice. Isaiah, likewise, asks us about the intention behind our fast. What is the fast God chooses? The way that Isaiah wraps up got me thinking about the Episcopal lay theologian and black leader, Verna Dozier. Verna Dozier used to say, don't tell me what you believe. Don't tell me what you believe. Show me how the world is different because of your belief. Don't tell me what you believe. Show me how the world is different because of your belief. The best advice I've ever heard about Lent, about Lenten practices, came from an old Jesuit chaplain at my college the University of San Diego. His name was Father J.J. O'Leary, and he was famous on campus. People would like keep an eye out for when J.J. had the noonday service because they knew they could get Eucharist in about 16 minutes. It was really fast. he, He was really good at finishing a homily in about two minutes. Often he'd just ask a simple question in response to the readings and then invite the congregation to go into your hearts to answer that question. He'd wait just a few seconds and then begin the next part of the service. And one Ash Wednesday during the noon service, and Father J.J. O'Leary said simply, that when we give something up for Lent, he didn't think that God wanted, to give up, wanted us to give up things that made us happy. If chocolate or a martini at the end of a long day, J.J.'s words, uh, made you happy, you shouldn't give it up for Lent. J.J. said, instead, God wants us to give up something that makes us sad. So let's all go into our hearts and resolve this Lent to give up something that makes us sad. I once had someone ask my advice about a Lenten discipline. They were planning to give up all carbohydrates for Lent, and they were worried about receiving Eucharist. As gently as I could, I said, If your discipline makes you question whether Jesus can be present for you in communion, maybe pick something else. (laughs) Jesus wasn't keto. (laughs) All of our Lenten disciplines, all of our Lenten practices are just forms. They're passing reminders, nothing more. If your practice gets in the way of your relationship with God, if your practice gets in the way of your spirituality, let it go. Give that up for Lent. I always take a moment of caution when I'm preaching on Ash Wednesday. I'm going to do that with you now because Lent can be dangerous if we make it about us. If Lent is some sort of self-improvement process, I get worried. I worry in Lent especially about all the disciplines we tend to take on about food. If you struggle with food, please pick something else for Lent. Or make your Lenten discipline simply, I will feed my body this season. 
So many people live with eating disorders and difficulties around food, so please don't add a layer of toxic spirituality into the mix. What practice can you pick that feeds you? What practice will help you to die to all that is distracting, all that is frustrating, all that is unhelpful? What practice might help you die to your false self and come alive? What practice might help you come alive in your body to know that your body is sacred and holy and enough? Irenaeus of Leon, a second century bishop, said famously that the glory of God is the human person fully alive? How can we be more fully alive, more deeply alive, more awake, more engaged, more present? What Lenten discipline will help you practice the knowledge that, yes, you will die? What practice will help you live from that knowledge? I invite you, go into your heart. Resolve this Lent to live as if each day, each moment matters. Find a discipline that will allow you to deepen your presence to yourself, to your neighbors, to God. May this Lent help you to grow to be more fully alive, more fully yourself, that you might more fully serve the world in God's name. Amen.